right, guys, welcome to Roommate Talk. Today, we've got a very special guest. I'm excited for you guys to hear from Andrew Geist, all the way from Houston, Texas. Uh, he comes from a, a current a Christian church, and uh, he is the worship leader. I'm excited for you guys to hear from him. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about his story. Let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here's Anthony Kernut and Kyler Sowell. All right, guys, welcome to Real Men Talk. We are excited. What's going on, Andrew? Let me go ahead and introduce you. What's going on, Andrew? Not much. How are you? So great good, to be good. here with you and, uh, and Kyler. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Yes, yes, we're excited you're here. Kyler, what's going on, brother? Hey, guys, what's happening? All right, so we are, uh, we're excited to have this conversation today. Uh, you know, I got to, we had a phone conversation. We got to learn a little yeah. bit of, about each other and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, you are, uh, you're originally from California, right? So I'm not going to yep. try to destroy too much of you. I want to hear your story from you, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, worship pastor um, yes. from uh, current, a Christian church there in Houston, yes. Texas. I love Houston. Actually, I hate Houston. I love of humble. Um, yeah, I, I've I come to the conclusion, if mm-hmm. you can drive through Houston at night, you could do anything in the world. It doesn't uh, matter. There is some serious truth to that. I mean, honestly, if you can drive through Texas in general, uh, from one side of the state to the other, perhaps without stopping, I mean, that, that takes real guts too. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like a, what, 18 hour drive, something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like crazy. Texas is huge. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good things about Texas. We love, you know, of course we love yeah. Texas and yes. stuff. I've got family in Texas, and and um, and so yeah, it is. It is exciting stuff. So uh, let's just let's just go ahead and jump right into this. So I I want the listeners to be able to hear your story. So how okay. did you get from California to Houston? You know, tell us a little bit about your family, all the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, originally from California, I was actually born and raised, so to speak, in in California. My dad was a traveling salesman as a kid, and so we traveled around a lot. Uh, but I was born in California, and then we we moved all over the states. We moved to uh, Indiana, then we moved to Minnesota, then to Washington, and then back down to California. I spent most of my childhood in California. Did my undergraduate in music composition and vocal performance uh, in California. Uh, was homeschooled all the way through high school. Then I, um, after I finished my undergraduate, I went to Southern California. And it was right around that time in about 2011 when I decided to go to grad school uh, to get my master's in music composition. I felt a tug on my heart to uh, basically make my decision for Jesus my own. Um, I'd grown up in church my whole life, but I definitely was not doing what I was being taught. I was always just kind of doing my own thing, showing zero respect for my parents as the older I got, uh, the more rebellious I got. And then when I moved down to Southern California, it became very apparent very fast that I was completely alone. I was completely isolated. I had nobody around me. I had to do it all myself. And God pretty much confronted me uh, on my drive down to Southern California, specifically Azusa, California, and said, look, Andrew, you can do this life journey with me or you can do it without me. And so um, 2011, January 1st, 2011, I knew definitively that I had crossed the line and that my life was no longer my own. It was God's and it was his from that point forward. 
Um, then over the course of my time down there in SoCal, I finished my master's degree. I met my wife in 2013. Uh, we've been married for 11 years now. We have two kids, uh, a boy who's four years old, Frederick, and then a girl, uh, Evelyn, who is one, soon to be two in July. Um, That's awesome. And uh, over the course of that period of time, God has been just working on me. You know, um, you know, we hear stories sometimes in men and women's lives all the time about how, you know, God comes in their lives. And there's this massive transformation, but I've just come to really uh, grow and appreciate the process of sanctification because it really is a process. Amen. And, yes. Uh, over the course of my life, it was kind of pretty much like God just stepped into my house and into my life and said, all right, Andrew, we're going to deal with this issue. You know, and uh, for a while there, it was for a while there, it was pornography. I've been free of that for six years. Praise God. And I've praised the Lord. Uh, and then for a period of time, it was it was video games. And I've been free of that for almost 10 years now because I was just I was just doing it too much. You know, not necessarily that video games are bad for me. It was it was something that was getting in the way of what God wanted me to do. And I had to let that go. Um, oh, no, I get it, brother. And then it was um, in our first year of marriage that God really called me into ministry uh, and we started working at a church in Buena Park, California. And for those of you uh, who are not from Southern California, Buena Park is like nestled in Orange County. And it's a very um, gang ridden city. It, there's just a ton mm. of kids that are impoverished, uh, kids that are at risk. They get jumped into gangs all the time. Uh, our church was almost on a weekly basis getting, or if not a monthly basis, getting broken into and things stolen from it. And wow. Uh, it's just a crazy area of town, but I got to be a part of a, a really cool experience in uh, what they called GRIP, Gang Reduction and Intervention Program. So basically, we did an after-school program at our church where we got to minister to these kids. The The pastor had a really good relationship with the city mayor, and they were like, you do whatever you want. We're not going to prevent you from uh, teaching these kids about Jesus. Do whatever you want. So we had free reign. So I got to teach them music. He taught them about the Word of God. It was a really cool experience. That's awesome. We were there for about five years. And then um, my wife and I just kind of started to realize we want to start our family. And so we moved back up to Central California, Fresno, California specifically, where all of my family lives presently. And uh, we moved back up there. I got a job at a, a slightly bigger church, about 600 people on a Sunday uh, called uh, Northwest Church. Fantastic church. It was They were wonderful to me. Uh, I got to conduct a choir there. Uh, I got to lead worship for their contemporary and their um, older services. And then uh, after six years of serving there, went through a difficult transition uh, at that church. A bit unexpected, but it was one of those things where I think that if God had not caused all of those things to occur, the things that were just really outside of my control, um, I don't think that I would have considered moving to Houston. I was very like attached to being so close to family. We just had our first kid. I was kind of feeling safe within the confines of being around my family and them bailing us out whenever we needed childcare or daycare or whatever it may have been. And, mm -hmm. um, and again, like I said, you know, in my life, it's always been God kind of confronting me and being like, am I, all you need. Am I enough? Am I going to be your provider? And he's consistently showed up for me and my wife. And so we made the decision uh, a year ago, a year and three months ago uh, in um, September, excuse me, to move out here to Houston, Texas. And 
Uh, we're so glad that we did because it's been an incredible journey and we're actually going through a bit of a, an interesting season because my, my direct supervisor uh, actually transitioned from his job. He was the creative director and he transitioned from his job to a, uh, a worship leading job in North Carolina to be closer to his family. And I'm kind of overseeing things right now while we look for his replacement. And that's been a, uh, an interesting couple of months just because uh, it happened uh, the beginning of this year. So that's kind of wow. the abbreviated, abridged version of my story so far. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So worship pastor, um, you know, like I said, Kyler, he's, he does worship. He's big yes. uh, and stuff like that. My oldest son is actually going to school for worship uh, at, awesome. a, at a college I don't know. It's about three hours from here called James River, um, James cool. River Church. They have a, a, a college there and he's going there for that. And, and so, yeah, so that's, that's exciting. So tell us a little bit about the journey of, you know, you went to college for this, this, um, what did you call it? Music? What? So I went to school specifically for music composition. I had actually originally been uh, shooting to try and become like a film composer and get into film and television. And, um, you know, God just kind of was like, yeah, that's not really what your gifts are for, Andrew. You, you need to be giving them to, to me and to, to the kingdom. And uh, just basically one door after another just kept closing for me. You know, the, in the industry out in Hollywood, they talk about, you know, the 10 year stint, uh, you know, that it takes about 10 years, five to 10 years for you to get a, enough connections to mm -hmm. really do something in the industry or feel like you you have like a road in and start making real money uh, doing that kind of gig. But for me, I'd been there for five years and I had nothing. And a lot of the jobs that I was being offered, it was pretty much indentured servitude. They were being going to pay me like 40 bucks to drive out to their studio for the gas that it took me. And then maybe they'd let me buy a coffee. Uh, and then the expectation <laughs> was with a master's degree in music composition, uh, we just want you to clean our desks. And I was like, uh, yeah, I got, I got student debt to deal with. That's not good enough, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, and in the face of that, that was really what like God was like, but you're gifted at this, this worship leading stuff. And I, and I was, I was really doing some cool things at the church in Buena Park at the time. Cause I was helping that church transition leadership from, what was essentially their Spanish speaking church leading worship to now uh, a solely uh, like church, um, their church leading their worship for themselves kind of thing. Uh, and that was cool to be able to be a part of that transition and help them to accomplish that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, so the worship, uh, so I, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, like music composition, different mm -hmm. things like that. This is, this is more Kyler's area, but, uh, you, you know, getting into that, uh, the, the worship pastor role, yeah. right. Um, I would imagine looks a lot different probably in, in Fresno than it does in, in Houston, mm. you know? So that transition, what was that like? Yeah. Um, so the church I'm at now is like, right around 980 people every Sunday between two services. And what I'll say about the transition is when you're at um, a church that's between 600 to a thousand people, it kind of turns into a bit of a corporate model and how they go about finding a worship leader. Basically they might hire a headhunting company or they might actually have their own internal HR department 
and they're actively searching for people and sifting through uh, applications. So for me, I went through a website called uh, church staffing and shepherdstaffing.com. And basically I just submitted my resume and I included things like, which is very common, uh, videos of myself leading worship. Um, and some of them were from, you know, previous churches and things like that. And that's what they send to a lot of the churches like ours. And then through that process, uh, some places like the headhunting companies, they have their own process. So like they will interview you like three times. So I went through three rounds of interviews, one on the phone, one in video, and then one with my wife on video before I actually met with the church that I'm at now. And then it was like about a two interview process. And then I, and then they gave me a job offer after I auditioned, which was pretty incredible. That's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, we, Tony, my oldest boy, the mm-hmm. one he, he's got to do all that kind of stuff too. He was telling me the other day that um, he has to, uh, 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 I guess, apply for a worship lead role, right? Yes. Through, through the college and stuff like that. Yes. And so he was telling about him recording himself and then having to go yeah. play in front of these people and yeah. how nervous he was and stuff. You know, <laughs> of course, it worked out well for him. He's yeah, he's pretty talented. He got it from his mom. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> He got it from his mama. Yeah. God did not give me any musical talent because I'd have tried to be a rock star. Hands down. I'd have tried to be a rock star. So, yeah. So yeah, I, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a rocker by heart, you know what Love I mean? It. And stuff. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Kyle, you want to chime in here? Yeah. So when, when you do worship, mm-hmm. you always have to have, like there is a heart for worship. Every, every yep. worship leader that I know always has that either that moment in their life or something. Where does your heart for worship come from? Man, that's a good question. Uh, I would say that my heart for worship stems from, and I think it's changed over the years because seasons of life, uh, oftentimes like when I, I would say, I would say in my younger years, I, I was like, oh, it's because of the gift that God gave me. And mm-hmm. you quickly realize like that doesn't really carry any weight or value uh, because you aren't your gift. You are a child of God first, right? And so for me, my heart of worship comes from now seeing not just the people in my church singing God's praises, which God's word says very clearly that we're commanded to sing his praises. and. Amen. Uh, so seeing, seeing them sing, but then out of that, um, singing that I see having them go beyond their comfort zones. Cause we're a church that is not a nominational, uh, has some ties to church of Christ. And so we don't have like a big expressive, um, evangelical, I'll say, uh, kind of worship style. So it's, it, mm-hmm. we, we kind of stay in our lane, stay in our box, so to speak. It's not a bad thing, but seeing them come out of that shell and right. seeing them express themselves out of that obedience to worshiping God through singing is truly where my heart feels energized and fed when I see that occur inside of uh, the congregation. And then on top of that, coming home and hearing my son sing the worship songs that I sing on Sunday mornings, it just reminds me that what I'm doing is more than just leading people that I'd Maybe I know most of them and maybe I know half of them, but at the end of my day and I come home and my son is singing the songs that I'm singing, it is so, so encouraging to my heart to see his heart invigorated that he's singing like his dad. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because you're setting that standard. You're, you, yeah. You've created that culture of exactly. worship inside your home. And that's exactly. That's, that's beautiful, you know, and yeah. that's something that all of us should learn. You know, we create the cultures that are at home. If you don't like absolutely. it, then you need to change the culture, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, man. And so what's it like uh, living in, in Houston from, from California? Um, it's, it's definitely a stark contrast, uh, just from a financial standpoint, it's hugely different for us. Um, but the big one for us was like coming from California to Texas, uh, with, uh, the money that we had, I wound up having, uh, enough money to put a down payment on a house, which in California, like there, that wasn't even a thought in our mind that we could even remotely own a home in California because everything was even in central California, which is considered a lower income part of California. Houses were still a half a million dollars or oh more goodness. Uh, for the size of the house that we had and, mm-hmm. or, and that we have now. And so to be in the house that we are in now, and even uh, just comparatively, if we're just looking at the finances, you know, I'm making less than what I was making at my last job. And yet we financially are fine. We are, we go from month to month and we hit all of our bills like we're supposed to. And, you know, we might have a little extra here and there, but, you know, somebody told us when we moved here that Houston is one of those areas where dollar for dollar, everything that you make goes the distance that you need it to. And we've definitely seen that to be the case. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, I would imagine that, and this is kind of just off color. We've got a few seconds here before we go for a break, but I would imagine even the weather's probably quite a bit different. Uh, yes, it was quite shocking to go to work and it's clear as day. And in f- six hours, all of a sudden it's pouring rain. Uh, yes, weather and flooding. <laughs> comes from everywhere in Houston, it turns out. So I was, my wife and I were thoroughly, thoroughly amazed at that. And we actually have come to enjoy it because uh, it makes our lives entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember we were, I, I was young. I had my biological dad lives in Houston and, and I went down there to, uh, to visit him and, and like, we're, it's, we're just, I, I can't remember what we're doing. All of a sudden it's like pouring, but then it's like, <laughs> it's pouring and then it's flooding. And I'm yes. going, uh, he's like, I ain't no big deal. You know, I'm like, he's like, yeah. this is, this happens all the time. I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, dude, it's only been raining for like an hour. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like for real flooding. You yep. know, he's like, oh, yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this has been a wonderful conversation. We're yeah. going to take a little break. And when we come back, I want to I talk about your podcast. I'm okay. so excited for the listener to hear about that. We'll yeah. be right back after this. You're listening to Real Men Talk with Anthony Kernut and Kyler Sal. Don't go away. More engaging conversation coming up next. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Get ready to experience an unforgettable weekend full of food, fellowship, 
big competitions, a car cruise in, and the powerful anointed word of God. Come be a part of the annual Real Men Rally, April 26th and 27th at the Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Come expecting a mighty move of God. Friday night at 6 p.m. with guest speaker Joe Dobbins, senior pastor of Twin Rivers Church in St. Louis, Missouri. On Saturday, come have breakfast with us at 8 a.m., followed by a session from Bishop Jeremiah Wilson as he speaks to the heart of men. Tickets for the event are just $25 in advance or $30 at the door. Buy your tickets today in person at the Real Men Rally booth in the church foyer or online at realmenrally.com. Real Men Rally 2024, featuring Joe Dobbins, Jeremiah Wilson, and the Palace Worship Team. Friday night, April 26th, and Saturday, April 27th, at the Palace of Praise. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for joining us on Real Men Talk. It's time for more man stuff. Here's Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, welcome back. We are here with Andrew Geis from Houston, Texas, and current a Christian church. Um, now, Andrew, before the, before the break, we were talking about you know you as a as a worship pastor and a little mm-hmm. bit about your story. Now, yeah. you have a podcast yes. called "Anything Goes: A Journey Home." Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that podcast. Yeah. So um, funny story. The podcast was actually born out of COVID. And I and I feel like there are a lot of probably podcasts who are born out of COVID uh, recently. But for me, really what it was, was the church I was working for at the time. We had shut down our choir orchestra. Most of the choir orchestra was older. And they were really the only people that I was ministering to at the time, worship leading wise. So I was kind of feeling like, well, what, what am I going to do now that we're shut down? We're not doing anything. And I thought to myself, man, I should do a podcast and and share with them the things that I'm dealing with right now. And if you go listen to earlier seasons, you'll actually hear me driving in my car because that's kind of how it started uh, and why I came up with the title of Anything Goes a Journey Home. I, I was like, I'm I'm going to talk about anything that's going on in my life. I'm going to talk about all the things that I'm you know, thinking through, going through, uh, devotionals that I've been reading, uh, just because the whole goal in my mind was I wanted to leave people, specifically the people from my uh, choir and orchestra, feeling like they were connected to me still, even though we were separated, and mm-hmm. that they would be encouraged because at that time, there wasn't a whole lot to be encouraged about. And and in my opinion, since then, it's only gotten worse. And there's not a lot of encouraging voices on the internet. And that's why I'm grateful to have made the connection with you guys and to uh, be able to facilitate this kind of conversation because the more and more podcasts like this where we are encouraging each other and building each other up that we connect with each other on, I think just not only furthers the kingdom, but just furthers changing the whole landscape of the internet in general, because we're, we're making encouragement accessible. Yes. Yes. You know, um, you know, this podcast we've been doing for a couple of years, you know, and, and it, it started out of, well, I, and it, it wasn't COVID necessarily, but it was, sure. um, you know, it was a, a need that, you know, I run the men's ministry there at the church and, and, uh, we had, 
uh, we had I had guys come to me all the time. They were like, "Man, I wish I could make it to your you know your men's group and and yeah. you know, all these different things." You know, we meet on Thursdays, and you know I've got to work, or you know we have other ministries, or my kids mm-hmm. got ball games, you know, mm-hmm. so and so forth. And I was like, "Man, how can I you know how can I bring this to them?" So when it started, it was just for it was just I just for a local church. Mm. I had no idea it would turn into what it did. And God just kind of took it and it just exploded. You know, now hmm. we're all the way around the world. We're in every continent. And, and uh, you, you know, I, I can't remember. It, it, it's it's phenomenal. And uh, all because God has taken it and just, he, you know, and, and he's birthed this vision and stuff. So I totally get it, you know, yeah. and and how these things, they just grow. And so yeah. how, has, how, how has your podcast changed from when you started to, to now? Well, um, what changed was doing it in the car was not safe, uh, for sure. <laughs> I can imagine, uh, true. And, uh, and I was daring and bold in California. And uh, so any police officers out there, please don't arrest me. Uh, I was definitely doing it while I was driving. Um, but it was all pre-recorded, obviously, um, with the intent of editing it and all that. Uh, but one of the things that, one of the big things that changed for me was uh, season two to season three, I started incorporating more video and then, uh, and then I pretty much went to doing mostly video because, um, moving away from California and all my family, now all of a sudden it became, uh, you know, my, my, my audience is pretty small at this point, but I'm, I'm trying to grow organically on the platforms that are out there. Um, and I'm grateful because it, again, it gives an accessibility to my family who isn't um, able to watch or listen uh, to the service all the time when I'm leading worship as much as they'd like to, but they know they can count on my podcast being up every single Friday uh, at 1230 uh, Central Standard Time. And so they get a chance to hear from me and connect to me that way. Um, but on top of that, I've been able to reconnect with other people. And I've, the really exciting thing for me in this uh, season was I wanted to connect with more people so that I could have them on my podcast. And like what you guys are doing for me, share the love, have you guys share your stories on my podcast to encourage the people that are listening to my podcast and be able to do the same for people on your podcast. Absolutely. I love, I love finding other people with godly podcasts that we yeah. can, we can, you know, network with and different things like that. Because, you know, um, as, as much as I love our listeners, our listeners need more than just us, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. need, they need that encouragement. They need, yeah. you know, cause everybody's got a different perspective yep. and, uh, you know, to where we come from, from that, that genre of men, you come mm-hmm. from a genre of worship. Yep. You know, and which is, which is vitally important, you know, and, uh, and, you know, our, our styles are different and, you know, what, what the Lord is leading you to may be a Mm -hmm. little bit different than what the Lord, so they, they get a, a pethora of, of different, uh, views and, you know, words of encouragement and, you know, and all this stuff. And, and, uh, and I love it. So I I love having, you know, people like this on on here and, and people like you and, and, uh, encouraging people to, to go out and check out more podcasts, you know, for sure. Uh, it was funny when we started the podcast, I had only ever listened to one podcast, uh, one episode of one podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, I practically, I practically had never, and it was just like just prior before. So basically I had never listened to a podcast, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it was, it, I'm, I'm a huge skillet fan. Right. So I'm rocking uh-huh. my heart. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was John Cooper's, um, podcast. And I was like, man, this is, 
like listening to him, I'm like, this, he's just a dude. <laughs> yeah, like if he could yeah. do this, I could do this. Right. Yeah. You know, and, Absolutely. um, now he's like this, this big apologist and you yeah. know, he, he's, you know, like he, <laughs> he, he hurts my brain sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I still love him. Yeah. You, you know, he's, he's my dude. Yeah. Uh, he's my role model. No, mm-hmm. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. No, I, really, I guess really I'm being serious, but, yes. um, you know, maybe when I grow up, I'll be like him. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, that day. Uh, Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And so, you know, it's cool because I, I, I want, I want to network and stuff. So what, what are some of the things that you talk about on your, I know, I know it's kind of anything goes, but what kind of season are you in right now? If somebody was to come back and and just kind of listen to the, the past few episodes or whatever, what kind of season are you in right now? Yeah. Um, so one of the big things that I talk about a lot in my podcast is the important of, importance of reflection uh, when dealing with the stages and seasons of life that you're in. Uh, early on in season three, uh, which was last season, I dealt with the topic of grief because I just lost my grandmother to breast cancer uh, a year a year ago now. And, uh, and so I talked about that and the importance of reflecting and, and just sitting with that grief and not being afraid of the emotions that come with the, 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 the pain of loss. And then on top of that, uh, talking about, um, going through seasons in, um, ministry where we are lacking, like, uh, with, I draw the comparison to like farming, uh, we plant in, in the spring, in the summer with the hopes that things will, uh, give birth by the end towards the fall. And then we have something that will then sustain us through a difficult season like winter seasons. And the truth is, it's important for us to know when we're in those seasons, when we're in seasons of plenty, when we're in seasons of want, and being aware of the fact that we need to cultivate in our lives the fruits of the Spirit, as it were, to sustain us through those painful and or dark seasons of our lives when we are struggling. And we find it more and more difficult to either connect to God, connect to other people, connect to community. And my podcast tries to talk about those things on a pretty consistent basis. And I'll pepper some worship leader stuff in there. One of the hardest things about being a worship leader at the church and sharing some of what you do in your journey and all those kinds of things is that, you know, you're a public face to your congregation. And sometimes uh, it, you never know who's listening and you never know how they're going to respond. And so I always try to pick my content very carefully when it comes to that kind of stuff, because the important things is I want to represent God. Well, I want to represent my church well, and I don't want ever want my senior pastor or anybody on my team to ever think for a second that I am making a mockery of God or Jesus or anything like that. And so I pepper those worship leader things in there. I think that some of my audience members would be like, man, I wish Andrew would talk more about worship leading. He's so good at it, or he's got all this experience. And yeah, I'd love to, but I think that's to me, one of those things that I'm like, I'm okay with. uh, And I think God's okay with me saying, yeah, you can talk about those things when you're retired. You can talk about those things when you're not leading worship anymore. You can talk about those things and those experiences that you've had once you're done with that season of life. And people are going to learn from that because you're going to come out the other end of all of it and you're going to have a lot to say and a lot of advice to young uh, men and women who are interested in worship leading in their church. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool because, uh, you know, I'm not on staff, so I could say whatever I want. Yeah. There and, you go. uh, <laughs> no, no, I totally get, I totally get there. There are times, there are times, you know, I say stuff and I was like, man, I hope my pastor doesn't hear that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yep. you know, 
Yep. But, um, but yeah, you know, and, and so I totally get it. And I I totally get wanting to be as respectful as possible, you Mm -hmm. know, with, you know, to your congregation and, and stuff like that. You know, I I totally uh, understand that. Yep. Um, but let's let's move to the topic of worship yes. uh, in a man's life. Let's talk yeah. a little. Let's take the the last few minutes that we have here, yes. and let's let's discuss. You know, um, you know. Of course, this podcast is is geared towards men. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and so it's one of those. Before we had started, we were, I was I was telling you it's one of those subjects that we don't talk about enough. Like it's it's mm-hmm. something that you know when we think of worship, it, it's. Well, we think of emotions, right? Yeah. Which is something that we don't like to talk about, anyways, sure. right? And um, and so, how do you how do you see what? Well, let me just ask you: What is the culture like in your church mm-hmm. uh, as far as the men in worship? Yeah, I mean, so my experience with culture in my current church with worship is that a lot of the men in the church tend to be more pensive. They tend to be more contemplative. They, te- they will sing. I see a lot of them singing. Um, and cause I have in ears in my ears, I don't necessarily hear them singing, but I, I can see their mouths moving. And so I, I, I can see that their heart is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is not a level of what I would call reckless abandon and mm-hmm. an adoration of God in the context of he is my everything, he is all that I need, and I'm going to worship him with every fiber of my being, and I'm not going to hold anything back. Right now, that's that might be a dangerous assumption for me to make, and and I wouldn't say that that is like individually true per person in the room, but it's just the general sense as you just observe the whole room across multiple service, so you can see that what like what you said, um, worship may be perceived as highly emotional and a lot of men are taught growing up by their own fathers. You don't need to show emotions. You need to suck it up. You need to keep moving on. You need to keep doing your thing. And that's also why I think men are probably the most passionate of worshipers when they actually let that emotion go because then they really get to release everything to God. They're not no longer penting up anything. They're no longer holding on to anything. They are literally giving it all to God. And yes. that's not necessarily through an expression physically of worship, like raising your hands or, or getting prostrate before the Lord. Those are certainly things that you can do, but those are things that honestly, when it comes down to it, from my perspective, if you're not doing those things in your own personal worship with God at home, you can't possibly do it in the context of church on Sunday morning. And mm. that's because it's, it, it is a, it is, those are things that you have to be practiced at. Those are just disciplines in the form of worship. Um, Come just on, like prayer is right there. Just like prayer is a discipline in worship, just like uh, being consistent in taking communion is a discipline in worship. The reality is, is everything that we're doing inside of our services is a part of the worship service. We tend to single out singing songs, but the reality is, is that I've come to define worship as a life that ascribes worth and value to our Lord Jesus Christ and God, Father in heaven. That is what worship is. And that means it is all encompassing. It does not exclude one thing. It does not include some things and then uh, doesn't include those other things. It includes your whole life being an honoring sacrifice to God. That is, that's what worship is. 
Come on, that's that's fantastic. Yes, yeah. I, I would agree one hundred percent with everything that you just said. And yeah. uh, and as a matter of fact, everybody who's listening to this should probably rewind it and listen to that again. And <laughs> uh, because that was that was good. That Thank was you, good. Uh, yeah, Kyler. What? Uh, so, what do you? From your perspective, what's what do you think worship is like in our church? I mean, it's it's very much similar to what mm-hmm. exactly what he described. Is we up on stage? I actually just talked to our youth pastor about this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sunday, I love it when the lights are off because I don't mm-hmm. get distracted by looking to see who's reacting to worship. You know, yeah. Well, on Sunday, our lights were messed up Sunday morning, and so I could see mm-hmm. everything and everybody. <laughs> And so then I have to keep my eyes closed while I'm singing, which is also another challenge because then I have to make sure I memorized all the words and that's right. That's in itself. <laughs> so, but it's, it, it's, it's true is there's, there's not a, um, a spirit of surrender that mm. most of most men want to give into. And that's the hard part is we, we as worship leaders, we want so much to, to, create that atmosphere where they do surrender, but we can't make them surrender. Even right. as much as we want to go to there, sometimes there are some people I want to walk out and be like, well, you just get out of your seat and get up here to the front because I know the Lord's <laughs> got a plan and a purpose for you and you yep. just get up here. Yep. But, but, and it's a lot of times you see the, the women, they voluntarily usually will walk up front and they'll mm-hmm. worship or yeah. they'll move. They're, they're more readily willing to surrender right? because that's just, to me, that's just kind of their natural. They already have to usually submit to their husbands. And so they just right. have that more of that submission attitude yeah. where men, they, they're that strong, that, that strong tower. Right. And so when it comes to surrendering, they just don't. I mean, even in our congregation, I see that sometimes, yeah. but I also see that they want to, and mm-hmm. they just don't. And that's, yeah. that's the, the hardest part to watch yeah. is because you, you see all this from stage, especially people right. who, you know, are going through some things and you're like, just, just come up here and Brooke Liger, Ligert would, we yeah. went to a uh, um, conference in Nashville with a worship leader. And she, she said it the best way is up, up at the front. That's where the mercy seat is. Mm-hmm. That's where all your surrender is. And if you come right. and you just sit there and that's a lot of the times we, as men, we miss that. We miss yeah. the mercy seat because it's yeah. either our pride that stops us or it's just our own self-will that we're, we're not going to move for sure. So I know. Yeah. And I would say that also for the worship leaders out there, I would say adjust your expectations a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like understand at a minimum, God wants us to sing his praises. At a maximum, he wants us to be completely sold out in our worship to him. And so if you can start from a place every morning, every Sunday morning when you're leading and you're serving to the place of, am I seeing people sing? You'll be amazed. It actually happened to me this last Sunday. We did Living Hope and uh, I was solely focused on are they singing? And we got through the song and man, they were singing. But then out of that, my eyes, God kind of opened up my eyes to see, hey, look at look at what's happening in the room. And I started to see men, women starting to raise their hands as we came to the end of the song. We're ringing out the last chord. I can feel the presence of yeah. God in the space and they're worshiping. And I just felt in my spirit, we have to sing this again. And we declared the, we declared the chorus one more time, but that came, I believe came from a place of me as the worship leader saying, I got to adjust my expectations here in this moment and recognize that God is going to get the honor regardless. And on top of that, I am putting my preference of wanting to see people run forward or raise their hands or be super on fire and expressive for God 
above God's perspective, which God's perspective is I'm looking at in at the heart every single time, every single time I'm looking in at the heart and you, Andrew, can't always see that. And so you need to adjust your expectations. Some might look at it as, well, you're just lowering the bar for what worship is. No, I'm not actually. I'm actually setting the minimum bar of what God has already said, which is seeing your praises to him. And so if I start there, then God's going to just completely expound upon that. And that's one of the things that has been really cool for me over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're running out of time. Yep. And, and which is sad because we may have to do this again because I they're like there's so much more I would like to talk with you about. Of course, um, this has been a, this has been a great podcast and yeah. and so a uh, great conversation. But before we go, before we we land this plane, tell tell the listeners how they can how they can find you. Tell them how they can find your podcast. All you know how they can connect with you. All that good yeah. stuff. Absolutely. So um, my podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Anything Goes, A Journey Home. You can also search my name, Andrew Geis, and you'll find me there. You can find me at A Geis Production uh, on Instagram. You can find me, Andrew T. Geist, which is my Facebook page. Uh, and then the website for the podcast is a journeyhome.blog. And you can find all the seasons and episodes there, as well as all my social media connections there as well. So that's how you can connect with me that way. Awesome. Awesome. You heard it, guys. You guys need to go check out his podcast. Go listen to him. This guy's got a heart for the Lord. I love it. It's phenomenal. Um, listen, you know, if you've got any questions for him, you, you know, you did you, yeah, he, did you give your email address? Uh, I didn't know. You can email me at aguysproduction.com at gmail.com. There you go. You can email him. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, yep. uh, you know, check out his website, all that good stuff. Um, you know, go check him out and, you know, before we go, I wanted to give a plug for the book. Be looking for it out in April. Uh, Framework for Biblical Masculinity. And, um, you know, I'm going through all the edits right now, guys. Uh, you know, I'm not just saying this because I wrote the book. Uh, that's the least reason why you should purchase this book. I really feel like God has given me a word. And, um, and so it's easy to read. I told the editor, I said, he, he asked me about the book. I said, I said, the one thing that I wanted, I want about this book is that when somebody picks it up, they could go, I can read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's exactly, you know, it's, it's all meat and potatoes. You guys be looking for it. Um, you know, we're going to be doing some giveaways here before too long. All the good jazz. We're going to give away a signed copy of the book. I don't know why you'd want a signed copy, but people are asking for it. I think it probably devalues probably the book. Anyways, no, I'm just messing. But, um, but yeah, and so, uh, you know, if you got any questions for us, uh, realmen at palaceofpraise.com. Check out our website, realmenministries.us. Uh, you, you know, remember that God loves you. He is for you. He wants you to see you succeed. And, um, and as always, I want to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches. And teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk. If you'd like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at realmenministries.us. You can also message us through social media. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. 
Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. on all major podcast platforms. You can also find us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, X, and Facebook. Real Men Talk is a production of Real Men Studios in cooperation with Palace Media Services. Oh, 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 oh